In John chapter 4, we have the occasion of Jesus leaving from the region of Galilee, and he was on his way to uh, Judea. And instead, but now normally when a Jew would travel, they would take the route around Samaria, and instead of going straight through Samaria, which would have been the shortest actual route to get to Judea, they normally took the way around it because they did not want to have any interactions with the Samaritans and a little, little as possible interaction with the Gentiles in that particular area. But it was more noted so, the Samaritans. So you wonder why this is the occasion. And I'm talking about John chapter four, something in particular today. So I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I wanna make, I wanna give you guys some, an explanation so that your eyes will come open to certain things. I'll tell you what I'm talking about in just a second. But anyway, concerning the Samaritans, what actually happened was, it was during the time when the Jews came back from the Babylonian exile, roughly around 500 BC. They came back from that great, when God threw them off the land and then God regathered some of them back to the land. And the Jews began on the rebuilding of the temple. Now, some of the Jews who had remained in the land had began to mix with a lot of the Gentiles who had came in. And, and I don't want to get into a bunch of history, but uh, when I say Gentiles, it simply means non-Jews. They began to mix with some of the non-Jews who the Assyrians had brought into the land. And they had basically did that to weaken the nationality, the national interest of the Jewish people, okay, to, to squash any spirit of nationalism. But I don't want to get into the politics of that. But the point is, many of those particular Jews had began to intermarry with a lot of those Gentiles. And what had happened was, instead of bringing the Gentiles into worshiping the God of Israel, they began to worship the God of Israel as well as the gods of the Gentiles, that is pagan gods. And so it, they developed what was basically, what, and here's the word, you may have heard me use it once before, syn syncretistic form of worship. That is, instead of them having a singular form of worshiping the one true God, monotheism, they became polytheistic in a way because they brought in the, or they brought in the idea or they enveloped in the worship of the one true God, the worship of these pagan gods alongside of it. Okay. So they had a system of worship that was no longer pure Judaism. All right. So when the Jews came back into the land and wanted to rebuild the second temple, when they wanted to rebuild the temple once again, those Jews have Gentiles that I was just talking about. They, they, first of all, let me stop. Those Jews who did intermarry with those Gentiles that I just got through telling you about, these people be, became known as the Samaritans. Okay? So the idea is kind of like if you consider like half-bred Jews in that sense. That's what I'm trying to say. And I, and I want to be delicate with that name. 
So they were the Samaritans. So now that the Jews had come back from exile and they were warning as God had commanded them through the prophets, Haggai and, and on, you know, and all of that, Zechariah, blah, blah, blah. They were rebuilding the second temple. These other half Jews, the Samaritans, wanted to participate in the building of the temple. But because of those religious things that I told you about, the combining of the worship with these Gentiles, the Jews who had came back from the dispersion did not permit the Samaritans to help them rebuild the temple. And that created a big time divide between the Jews who had came back and the Samaritans who were living in the land already. And they divided because the Jews would not permit the Samaritans to participate in the rebuilding of the temple. And this basically led to the Samaritans that they, they held on to the books of Moses. Okay. But anything that had a reference to Jerusalem, which is where the temple, where the Jews would build, they took it out of the first five books and the Samaritans. And remember, okay. And I'll slow it down. And remember, it was in Jerusalem, on the mountains in Jerusalem, that God commanded the Jews, descendants of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to build the temple of God. Okay? And that's where the original temple was built, the temple of Solomon. So this is where the Jews were rebuilding the temple. But because there was such a divide between the Samaritans and the Jews, the Samaritans decided to create kind of like their own religion. And this is what we, we know today as the Samaritan Pentateuch, the first five books. Okay. And the basic idea is it is for the most part, the same as the first five books that the Jews use with the exception that wherever there is a reference to Jerusalem or the temple being built in Jerusalem, they took that out and they replaced it. And here's why, how and why they replaced it. So since the Samaritans could not build their own participate in the Jews building of the temple, the new temple, second temple, they built a rival temple and they built it on a place called Mount Gerizim, Mount Gerizim. And there the Samaritans built their own temple and set up their own system of worship and this system of worship was a rival system of Judaism, of the Jewish system of worship, even to the time of Jesus. Okay. So now that's what, that's the historical background that prepares us for John chapter four. So when Jesus is leaving, uh, through, uh, going on his way to Judea, the South, he decides, that's why he said, I must pass through Samaria. It was the divine will of God for this particular situation to take place. And so there he gets tired and he's at a well and there he meets a Samaritan woman. And remember, there's great uh, um, animosity between Jews and Samaritan. And Jesus asks this particular Samaritan woman for a drink of water. Okay. Now on, on three levels, there were, that's what, that was a problem with that with three levels. Number one, Jewish men did not publicly interact with women. That's number one. Jewish men did not publicly interact with women. Number two, 
as a Samaritan, Jews don't fool with Samaritans at all. And remember later on, that's what the woman said when Jesus asked her for a drink of water. He said, for the Jews have nothing to do with a Samaritan. So that's number two. But the third taboo that Jesus broke was a Jewish rabbi would not even speak with a woman in public. So all of these things, Jesus threw all of that into the garbage because he was there to do the will of the father. But nevertheless, let me finish with the story so I can get to the point of what I'm trying to talk about. So once he does that, the woman responds to him and asks him, you know, why are you asking me for a drink of water? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. We don't fool with each other. And Jesus responds trying to get her out of her material thinking because he is, he is there to do a spiritual thing. That is namely the salvation of this Samaritan woman by introducing himself as the Messiah. Okay. As well as the saving of other Samaritans who will later on believe because of Jesus continued work in that area, but we're not going there. But so he tells her, he said, woman, if you knew what the gift of God was, and that is referring to himself, he is that gift of God, what God has given for the salvation of the world. But anyway, if you knew what the gift of God was, you would ask him to give you water and he will give you living water. Now, the woman's mind is still in a material uh, perspective. And so she says, well, you don't have anything to draw from. The well is deep. So how are you going to get this water from our father Jacob's well? And so Jesus began to try to move to her. So I said, I tell you what, I tell you what. And I want to move the story on so I can talk about what I want to talk about. Go get your husband. And you bring him back and you come back with your husband. And then I'm going to give you that living water that you're asking me about. And now when she told, when Jesus told her to go get her husband and that's when he kind of he messed up then because she didn't want him to know that. And Jesus began to display supernatural power to move her from the material thinking to the spiritual thinking, material thinking, trying to get water and to spiritual thinking, get in the water of salvation. She says to Jesus, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, now you just told the truth because you know what? You've had five husbands and the one you got now, he's really not your husband. You're living in an adulterous relationship. And when Jesus said that, that broke the mold. And she began to say, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now we're, we're, we're where God wants us to be in the spiritual. And notice she says she not only saw Jesus because of his supernatural knowledge of her personal life, not only simply to be a rabbi, a rabbi doesn't know that. That's just rabbi simply means teacher. Okay. But a prophet would have a supernatural revelation from God. And she's saying, I perceive you to be this kind of a man. Now, and of course she wants to get the heat off of her adulterous life. So she moves the subject into a place of worship. And that's, and I'm moving into what I want to talk about. She said, you know, you Jews said that you're supposed to worship at, at Jerusalem. That is at the temple mound where the temple was. She said, but we are worshiping. Remember where I told you guys at Mount Gerizim. Now, since you are a true prophet of God, tell me once and for all, where is the right place to worship? 
where we the Samaritans are worshiping on Mount Gerizim or where the Jews are worshiping because we've been having a conflict about that for over a hundred years. Settle the issue since you are a prophet. And here's where Jesus began to speak. And I'm going to move to the verses now because here's where I go. He begins to tell a woman, he says, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. No, it doesn't matter. It's not about whether you are in Gerizim, where the Samaritans worship, or in Jerusalem, where the Jews worship, where you will worship the Father. He says in verse 22, and here's why I'm going to drive it home. You worship, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. So therefore, Jesus told her their system of worship, their knowledge of the things that they had in their Samaritan Pentateuch in the scripture. He says, not, that's not about the worship that came from God. You are worshiping in ignorance. And the whole idea is, and such worship ain't accepted by God. And we need to remember that even today. You need to worship God like God tells you to worship. When you don't worship God the way he tells you to worship him, God rejects your worship. And if you don't believe that, ask Cain. Ask Cain and see won't God reject your worship. But anyway, let me keep going. You worship what you do not know. Then notice what he said. We, we Jews worship what we know. What we So in other words, the worship of the Jews at the temple, the scriptures of the Jews, that is the legitimate, acceptable worship of God that God has given himself. You got it? So we Jews are worshiping what we do know. And then he makes that statement. And this is where I want to use. I want to use this statement to catapult into what I want to talk about. And I don't want to. I hope I don't go too fast. Cause y'all know I always end up doing, but I, I want to make, make you guys really understand what the world is going on. Jesus says, we worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Now I'm going to break that down in a simple way. Salvation is from the Jews. The whole idea he is centering on himself because he is the key of salvation. He is the reason of salvation. He is the bringer of salvation. He is the accomplisher of all of our salvation. That's why Jesus said, I, Jesus said, I am the way speaking of himself. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way, not a way, the way, the truth, the life. No man and no man is an, is an absolute exclusive. When he said no man, he meant nobody. No man comes unto the father except by me. So therefore Jesus taught the exclusivity of himself. But now notice this statement here, and I don't want to slow it down. This statement is one of more generality, even though we understand that it speaks ultimately of the person of Jesus, but notice the phraseology, the way that Jesus used it. He said salvation. He didn't say it's from me. He said from the Jews, the Jews. And that brings me into what I want to talk about. 
Okay, let, let me explain that before I go even further. That means salvation has its source and root in the Jewish people. Salvation, you cannot take them out of the, the picture. You can't take them out of the equation. All right, now let me give you a circumstance and then I wanna hopefully bring it all together in a such a way that you can understand it. So you can see what's going on and why salvation is of the Jews. About, uh, and y'all look at the time, the date I'm making this video, what is it, December 16th? About a week ago, there were some uh, two people, black men, two black people, black man, black woman, from a group known as the Hebrew Israelites. And the whole point is they're trying to call themselves the true Israelites. They are not. And the group Hebrew Israelites are not here. Israelites. They have no genealogy or lineage to prove it. And they don't have that relationship. And they're trying to do this racial displacement of getting rid of the Jews. And all it basically amounts to is anti-Semitism anti-Semitism. So they went into this place and shot these Jews simply because they were Jews. And the whole issue deals with the hatred they have for the Jewish people. Now, this is nothing new. This has been happening for the most part ever since it's been a world from the Adamite creation. It's been happening ever since the book of Genesis trying to eradicate or destroy the Jewish people. And I'm not going to, I don't want to get into all of that because we don't have all of the time. Because to be honest with you guys, that's the whole Bible. If I actually discussed it in that sense of the thing. So this is what I, and that's why, that's why, that's what I'm trying to bring to you. The statement that comes from Jesus mouth, salvation is from the Jews. And I want to deal with why has God chosen the Jewish people? Because it did not change. Jesus did not say salvation came through the Jews. Mm -mm. It's a present tense thing even now. So allow me to talk about this thing to try to deal with, and here's what I want to talk about. This anti-Semitism. So often we see, and I see it, and I've heard the crude jokes and things of that nature, and I don't go with that. I don't go with that. I don't put up with that from my family. I don't put up with that from my church and nobody else. This anti-Semitic language and it's, it's the hatred that people have for Jews. And, and not only that, sometimes the hatred comes from jealousy. You got it? And then when they read the scriptures from the Old Testament, they see how God is working with the Jewish people and it seems like, and, and they want to think somehow that God threw everybody else, non-Jews, and that's what a Gentile is, a non-Jew. God threw them away. And, and it's all about the Jews and God just simply loved the Jews and everybody else he can care less about. So I want to deal with the question, why has God chosen the Jewish people? Okay, so we already talked about what did Jesus mean? Salvation is from the Jews. That is salvation, how God has chosen to save everybody, everybody. And it is through the tutelage, the usage, and it's somehow a relationship with the Jewish people. God chose to use them in order 
to bring salvation into the world. All right, so let me move to the second thing. The issue, okay, I've already dealt with the issue relating to anti-Semitism. All right, so now let me get to the issue answering the question, well, why the Jews in the first place? I tell you what I'm going to do. Let me talk about the Gentiles because we hear this thing about, and that's one of the things that people don't understand. And I want to be mindful of my time and keep the video within 30 minutes. Are Jews more special than non-Jews or Gentiles? The, and and or in other words, does God love Jews more? Answer, no. You always have to be very careful of how God defines. He uses the term love. Watch this, for example, book of Malachi. Jacob have I loved, right? But who have I hated? Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> you see it? Is God saying he hates that man? No, no, no. He means sometimes the word love simply means to prefer. And the prefer simply means, and that's just a lot of times, and I don't want to get into all of that guy, because there's always so much of the Bible that we need to try to bring together and understand it. But just to tell you now, since I'm in the discussion, the idea of the loving, which simply means to prefer, brings in the idea of election, or in other words, chosen, the one whom God chooses. And that's what the same idea we see in the New Testament when God talks about the church. The church, or the people of God, are the elect, chosen one of God, the ones whom God has chosen. And the reason why God uses that terminology is so that we will never think that somehow we got something to do with salvation. The scriptures over and over teach salvation is of the Lord. It is the Lord who works salvation out, not man. Salvation is the plan of God, the work of God, the accomplishment of God. And he did all of that in his son, Jesus Christ. But we ain't going that way. So I'm trying to talk about are the Jews more special? Answer, no. Right. And the whole issue is just simply God simply chose them for a reason. So now let me see if I can bring all of this together and I, I'll try to explain it to you in a way that you'll understand it. In the book of Genesis, you see what the creation of Adam and at the same time you see the creation of and Adam was perfect without seeing everything fine. God gave him a test. Don't eat. Adam failed the test in Adam. We all died. So the bottom line is this. Had God simply stopped there, Adam would have gone to hell. And if God permitted Adam to have any children from that point, all of his children would have gone to hell. Because why? God said, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Adam died spiritually the instant he ate. And later on, 930 years, he died physically. If God had stopped Adam and all that would have come from Adam, the whole entire human race would have ended up in hell forever away from God. But God in his mercies began to work out his plan of redeeming, redeeming some so that we would have the opportunity to be saved. Okay. Now, in order to do that, here's the thing. We need to maintain the worship of the true God and the knowledge of God. Notice those two things that I just brought up. The worship of the true God as well as the knowledge of the true God. You got it? You, you, you ain't gonna go to heaven and you don't even know God and you don't want God. That's what, so what did God do? 
he began working on this thing. That's what we see this whole terminology called the seed. And we know ultimately that speaks of Jesus. But what I'm talking about is how God is working out the maintaining of the knowledge of himself and the worship of himself. But here's the thing. Notice the first son of Adam, Cain. How quickly was it? And he is the first generation. How quickly was it that the very first son of the first man began to turn away from God? Immediately, he killed his own brother, Abel, and notice, and, and even though, and I'm teaching the book of Genesis, guys, just in case you didn't know, and we'll get to this part. And what did Cain do once God put the mark upon his head and sent him in the place of Nod, Hebrew for wandering? He went and built his city. He built his city, named it after his own son. That is, the, and here's the thing, and I don't want to get into all of that teaching. But when you look at the, the whole lineage of Cain, what God is trying to show you is when Cain went away to build his city, you can see the sons of Cain and the people and the descendants of Cain building the city of the world. It is a worldly city that does not know God. It is full of worldly knowledge, worldly pleasure, worldly wisdom is full of everything except the knowledge of God. So therefore, how is God going to save? He can't do it through Cain. So what does he do? He chooses Seth. And notice what the Bible says concerning Seth. And when we see Seth, men began to call on the name of the Lord. The worship of God is now being reestablished. What am I trying to say? Notice in just a few generations, you see men quickly beginning to turn away from God until God chooses a man. That's why that line is so important. He chooses, he chooses, he chooses to maintain the knowledge of who the true God is and maintain the worship of the true God. And that's how we see that whole lineage of that seed line coming down. But notice, it doesn't matter. By the time you get to Genesis 6, notice the world has turned fully corrupt. What happened to the line of Seth that who used to know God is basically corrupt. And now all you see for the most part is one man. And we see the Lamech, the father of Noah, saying, I'd be so glad when God sent us some help and some rest from this mess that we're in. And I'm going to name my son Noah because maybe God will give us rest at that time. So the whole point. But notice. And the world, Genesis 6, is so corrupt that God says, I hate I ever made man. And now only Noah, Genesis chapter 6 and 7, has found favor in the sight of God. Wait a minute. You got all the means of people. Notice how quickly as the generations pass, men forget God. You see it now? But and so now the whole world has been destroyed. All you have is Noah, his sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth being left along with their wives. And they have now the responsibility from Noah and to pass it on to his sons, the knowledge of the true God, the worship of the true God. You see it now. And then oh, whoa, 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 I'm not done. Then you move to what about the three sons of Noah? Right. It couldn't even get beyond the three sons before you hear Noah say the word cursed be Canaan. That is because of the activity of his own son, Ham. It turns into a mess in the very first generation. And that's Genesis chapter nine. But guess what? Move to Genesis chapter 10. Now, remember now the knowledge. Don't you know Noah trans? 
He transmitted the knowledge of the true God and the way and worship of the true God to his sons. Don't you know he did? But notice, by the time you get to Genesis chapter 10, as people began to once again repopulate the earth, all of a sudden there you see Nimrod. Nimrod. And what is Nimrod? And the whole bottom line, guys, just in case y'all didn't know, that thing that he was building was nothing more than an idol's temple. They had built another temple to another God. And here's what I want you to see. Notice what the Bible said. All the human race was of one language. All of us, all, we, not us, but all of them were of one language. And guess what? They were all at the Tower of Babylon. Now you bag what up when I just, they were all there, all there at the Tower of Babel. And God looked down to see what they were doing and said, mm, I see in their being united, instead of them coming to me and following after me, they have left me and now they are worshiping the gods, false pagan gods that are no gods, the gods of heaven. In mercy, did you hear what I said? In mercy, God came down and messed up their languages, sent me in every which way, and notice now you see God beginning to deal. We said about beginning to concentrate on a man by the name of Terah, who is the father of who? Abraham. And God says to Abraham, come follow me. You see what God is doing? Here's the point. Here's the point. And, and, and I've proved it already without a shadow of a doubt. If you leave us, mankind, to ourselves, we will quickly forget God and turn away from God. Quickly. What happens when man turns away from God completely? Genesis 6, he becomes exceptionally wicked. What did God say? His thoughts even as a child are wicked. He becomes wicked and that's all he thinks about. And what do you think God will do when man is overcome by wickedness? What did God say to Abraham? Leave your family, leave your people and all of these things like this. Go to a land that I show you, I bless you, I make your name great. And notice what he said, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And that promise of God has not been rescinded. Why? It's not a part of the law of Moses. It was a promise given to Abraham. So therefore, it remains even to this day. So stop being jealous and envious and hating Jews because they are Jews. I'm not saying the Jews do everything right. I'm not saying, no, they don't do it. But don't have this animosity against them because they are Jews, because God has chosen them. And I'm going to get to the whole point. And what did he say? And God said to Abraham, notice what he said. And my purpose in calling you, Abraham, that you will one day have a seed. That's Jesus. Remember when Jesus said salvation is from the Jews. That's him. He says, you will someday have a seed, God says to Abraham. And then he says this word, and in you, Abraham, that is that seed, Jesus, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Notice, he ain't no longer talking about the Jews. He's talking about the other people of the earth, or namely the Gentiles, the Gentiles. So the Jews were chosen by God. Here's what I'm trying to tell you guys. This is the bottom line. They were chosen by God 
for the maintaining of his word. That's why Paul says, what does it profit to be a Jew? Much in every way. For to them were committed the oracles of God. That means God gave his word to them for the safekeeping and the preservation of the scriptures. Think about it. When you look at your Bible in the Old Testament, who wrote all of that? Jews. When you look at your Bible in the New Testament, who wrote all of that? The Jews. Who transmitted all of that? The Jews. Who preserved all of that? The Jews. The Jews. God chose them for the preservation of the knowledge of himself and so that the worship of God. Remember, now let's go all the way back to the Samaritan thing. You don't know what you worship, Samaritans, but we Jews do know what we worship. You see it? God kept them. He chose them to preserve the system of the right worship of himself. Why? Go all the way back to that stuff that I was teaching you guys from the very beginning of Genesis. Because if you leave us to ourselves, we will quickly forget the knowledge of God, the worship of God, and absolutely turn completely away from God. And there won't be nobody who even knows who the true God is anymore and we'll find ourselves back into a situation like Genesis chapter 6 when the Bible says and the whole world had corrupted itself. That's why God chose the Jewish people to preserve, to transmit, and to keep. Not because they so much more special because this was God's way. This was God's system of bringing salvation into the world. And let me make my final point. When I talk about this was God's way and God's system of bringing salvation into the world. God is God. He can choose whomever he wants to choose. He can use whatever people he wants to use because it's his business as God and we don't have a thing to say about it except for amen, thou will be done. Don't ever let the creature try to tell the creator what to do, how to do, and when to do something. That's why God means I am God all by myself. Now I hope we did get something from that whole issue and I hope I was able, sorry I got a little excited because I always do on this particular subject. Why did God choose the Jewish people? That's why. So love them because in loving the Jewish people, I don't mean love the wrong, but in loving the Jewish people, the Genesis chapter 12 thing, you are loving what God is doing. And you're saying, God, I'm on your side. And however you want to do this thing, it's all right with me. Catch you next time.